The anonymous landlord is more than just making profit from property. It's a system of automation and a strategy which will shape the way you invest in property forever. It's a quality of life, it's a way of life. It's a business mindset. The anonymous landlord will make loads of money from property and continue to grow wealth and assets without giving up time or energy or life. Because what's the point in making a load of money from property if you've got no time or energy to enjoy it? My name's Tom Sone, and this is The Anonymous Landlord. Hi, this is Tom Sone, and welcome to another episode of The Anonymous Landlord. And today, we are talking about the wonderful subject of energy performance certificates and energy performance assessments. But... Before you think this is just going to be a boring topic, oh, it's just something I've got to do, hear me out on this one, because today I am joined by an actual energy performance assessor or an energy performance surveyor or an energy assessor, whatever we want to call them. I am joined by a real life one today. Yes, they actually exist in real life and they talk. So we're going to go through a few in pieces of information that landlords, self-managing landlords and property investors can learn about the whole energy performance of the property, the legislation, the legal requirements, how to prepare for the energy performance certification and assessment and the energy performance of your property. But also we'll try and chuck in a few extra bits here and advice for landlords and property investors to really use this to your advantage. There may also be some help, funding, grants, pieces of legislation for uh, property investors and landlords in the future as well. So that's enough from me. I'd just like to say a massive thank you to Russ, Russ Weller. Thank you very much, Russ. Do you want to give us a quick intro, Russ, to you? Hi, guys. I'm Russ Weller. Um, I am a domestic energy assessor located in the Portsmouth area. And um, yeah, I, I'm here to probably give you a little bit of help on what to understand when it comes to the EPC side of things, especially for landlords. So it's, uh, it's very much something that is on the subject or that is growing quite a lot, especially with regards to legislation, termination of tenancies, etc. But we'll cover that a little bit in a bit. Yeah, thank you very much, Russ. I appreciate you taking the time out, mate. Do you know what? The, what, the reason I wanted to get you on is because it is a subject which is compulsory. Yeah. None of us can get around it. I'm a landlord myself, so my rental properties have to have it. I'm a property investor, so I'm looking at energy performance certificates when I'm buying properties yeah. to see what they are now and what work I might have to do and so on. So I think it's a really good topic. We can't avoid it. Um but okay, let's kick off with, first of all, just talk me through your opinion or your perspective of what is the energy performance assessment or certificate? Um, well, the, the energy performance certificate is a, an easy way for somebody to understand what the running costs of a property are. Um, and it will provide you with the information of how to improve those energy ratings in a property. Um, with regards to the advice that it shows you, it, it takes the national average of the uh, energy consumption, so electric and gas, and then that is then put out onto your property using the algorithm from the information taken from the assessment of the property. Obviously, 
the older the property, the more likely it is going to score a lower um, a rating compared to the likes of the new build. Just because obviously different building regulations through time, there's been stricter um, regulations when it comes to newer builds. And obviously from that, it, as they say, newer is better. Not always in that case. However, the, the, this is the, in a sense, a way of improving what you have. A lot of Portsmouth, as you know, is 1900s build, Victorian build properties. And that itself, it, it, a lot of properties require the likes of cavity insulation and so forth. And we'll be able to discuss how those certain aspects of improving the property may improve it or may hinder it in, in the long run as well. Um, uh, there's certain things I'm a fan of with regards to the, the EPCs and other parts that I'm not. But yeah, we'll, we'll be able to dive into that. Yeah, awesome. And do you know what's interesting as well is that a lot of people, a lot of landlords would probably just see an EPC as... Um, someone's just going to go out and check that there's the right heating, check that there's insulation and then give it a score. But so much more to that, isn't there? Yeah. Um, like I say, when, when looking at a property, you're taking into account the age of the building, what sort of heating system it has, the size, the volume of the area that is being heated, what heat loss perimeter it is. So the Average mid-terrace house will score predominantly better than the likes of an end-terrace or a semi-detached or a detached property because there is a less, less of a heat loss perimeter where any heat that has been generated in the property is going to expel through external walls. So if you're mid-terrace, like myself, kind of lucky uh, because you're, you're insulated both sides quite nicely. That's a very interesting point, actually. And this is going to go, this is going to ring true for some investors that are looking to yeah. get into buying property to rent out. Because I, I see when I'm looking at energy performance certificates, when I want to buy or invest in a property, then yeah. number one, I'm looking to see what rating it has now to show me if I need to do any work to the property on that side to improve the rating to where it needs to be. But also, if I'm going to rent a property out, the tenants are going to be searching on Rightmove and Zoopla and on the market. And if it's a really expensive property to heat, then there's going to be less interest in that property. Yeah, so exactly. It's exactly. very important from that perspective. What, what do you think then um, a landlord or a property investor can do to prepare for having an energy performance certificate on the property? Well, when, when it comes to the likes of an investor or a potential investor looking to buy a property, whether you're a multi-landlord multi or and, uh, somebody who's looking to start off in the, investing in bricks and mortar, um, certainly having a look at the likes of what the energy rating is at the moment. For example, if the, the rating uh, is an F and you're looking to buy that specific property because you want to upgrade it, but you're buying it on a buy-to-let mortgage, you will not necessarily get that buy-to-let mortgage because most of the lenders are looking at the legislation going, no, due to the minimum energy efficiency standard, we will not loan out on this property. Doesn't help yeah. the likes of auctions, doesn't like the, help with the likes of investors or builders that invest in properties that will bring it up to scratch. Um, obviously, that is something that the mortgage lenders have to cross the bridge with. Um, but certainly, when it comes to the likes of uh, the better the rating, the more attractive the property will look to a, a 
buyer so if you and like yourself you are looking to buy that property knowing full well you're not going to have to spend out a lot of money to bring it up to what we class as a good level or good standard of living because anything below an e rating so the f4g is classes substandard living accommodation and there are certain properties that will score an f majority of them being grade uh, graded properties or the enlisted properties, should I say, um, because they they can't replace windows, they can't replace heating systems, they can't put external wall insulation on or do anything to the exterior or interior of the properties, depending on its uh, listing. And so I've, I used to work in property rentals. Um, I was ALA registered myself and I'd, I used to, by hand, you know, deal with new investors and speak to them and say, look, this is the sort of property you'd be looking at. So the likes of investing in property, if they came to me and said, oh, I'm looking at investing in this in a flat or, or compared to the likes of a house because they're less maintenance. To me, that doesn't ring as true as it sounds. A mid-terrace house obviously is a very popular rental and you wanna be able to have a property that is going to be sufficiently heated and insulated to attract the right and right tenant. It's just like decorating. If you have a property that's freshly decorated through, you're gonna have a tent that's gonna look after it. Similar sort of aspect with the likes of the EPC or how energy efficient the property is. If the property is efficient and the bills are as minimal as possible, because as we know, the rental prices are quite high. <laughs> There's no two ways about it. If you've got a tenant that's scraping by to pay the rent, are they going to be able to afford a to pay the bills on top of the rent when it, the, the energy ratings through the roof? You, it, it's it's not going to work. Yeah. Um, the more energy efficient the property is, the lower the cost. Like I say, tenants don't want to be spending out so much money, um, and nor does a landlord. And no, when it right. comes to it, because tenants vacate without paying that last bill, don't get that forwarding address. You're, unfortunately, that bill falls onto the landlord in the in the long run because it ha it's their property, um, and then it's up to the energy company and the landlord to pursue that tenant. But yeah, yeah, yeah that makes sense. And and some really good tips there from both landlording and also for investing. Because again, I would I would look at nowadays EPCs or energy performance certificates have become so embedded in the selling and purchasing process of property in this country that yeah. nowadays it's the same with renting. And now you look at a property listing and you look at the pictures, you read the mm. descriptions and you check the EPC. It's just a simple natural process now so that you know if you're going to move into this property, I know it's going to cost me 100 quid in gas and electric. Yeah. As opposed to 200 quid on a, on a really poor performing one. Um, but a really interesting point you made earlier on, actually, about uh, terraced versus end terrace and semi-detached and detached properties. That could be quite interesting for investing. Yeah. And thinking about it, if you've got a lower performing, performing property just because it's end terrace, semi-detached or detached, that might contribute towards your investment decision. Would you agree with that? Um, yeah. Uh, like, like I said, if I was to invest in a property... I would look at his straightaway mid-terrace properties um, solely due to the sheer fact that they are going to, there's less of a surface area to be concerned about. 
um, less of a roof line to be concerned about. And like I say, it's that heat loss is quite quite significant, um, which kind of brings me back on to what I was saying about the cavity wall insulation. Now, a lot of properties, when you look at an EPC, especially the older properties, it, it recommends having cavity wall insulation. Being in the south and being on a coastal area, brickwork is very porous. And obviously, if you insulate those walls incorrectly, the, you're going to have long run, uh, longer problems in the end with regards to the likes of damp, um, because it, it, older properties are designed to breathe. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan with regards to the cavity wall insulation. I know that sounds a bit, a bit odd coming from an energy assessor, but there are when you look at the long-term problems over what the short-term turnaround is financially yes you will save money by having cavity wall insulation but you may have an issue with regards to damp later and later on because the property isn't built for that um but in retro on the other hand uh, the, the cavity wall insulation on a mid-terrace property only contributes towards one or two points yeah. So that isn't going to make or break an EPC. It's what ha what it has in the loft and what it has actually as a, a heating system, obviously double glazing as well. And that those three items being the loft insulation, the heating system, and how the hot water is also controlled really contribute to the likes of how the property will perform. Yeah. That's that's really interesting. And, and do you know what? You, when you whenever I come onto one of these interviews and talk to people that are in a trade, um, I never really know how the conversation's going to go and steer towards property investing and landlording and so on. Yeah, there's actually some couple of little tips here, and one that I want to go back to that you've you've said there. Um, I've got experience of myself actually, and this was a learning curve. Everybody's got to make mistakes in order to be able to learn from them, right? Of course. This one was a pretty annoying one. Um, you mentioned about auction properties, yeah. And you buy a property at auction, you go to the auction, you're all buzzing, you commit to the auction. Yes, I'll pay hundred thousand. Yay, I got it. And then you set your mortgage advisor off. Go on there and go and get me a low. Uh, go and get me a mortgage on that. Fantastic. And then the mortgage lender sends out their surveyor or their valuer. And mm -hmm. the surveyor says, no, the energy performance rate, the energy performance rating is an F. You yeah. can't have a buy to let mortgage on this property. And then you've got, uh, then you've got 20 more days to find the cash. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, you know, whatever. And um, firsthand for me, um, annoyingly, it was, I went a bit gung ho with it and I invested in a property at auction um mm -hmm. luckily i managed to talk to the auctioneer about it the auction house about it um and anyway got there in the end to get the my buy to let mortgage through on that property but it took a long time because i then had to wait for the survey to take place and then for the work to be done and then for the reassessment to take place and then for the lender to approve it um so you know what it was a little niggling little mistake but yeah. and what i'm trying to say is what i'm trying to say is that hey if you're going to buy a property at auction get the energy performance certificate first yeah definitely it's definitely worth having a look at what the rating is um they, now i've had many of my agents say that, that deal with property auctions or probate properties or or their properties where they're going for a little bit of a cheaper price because and because they 
need the, a bit of doing up. Um, and then they discover it's an F. And like you say, the, the, the lenders go, no, even, even if you're turning around and saying, look, I'm going to be putting a brand new boiler in this property because this one is back from the 70s. It's a floor mounted boiler. Who wants those <laughs> in the first instance? And they don't, they don't look beyond what you're going to be doing to a property. They look yeah. at what it is now. And yeah. that, that's, that is certainly something that is a massive hurdle for people, especially if you're looking to invest for the first time, you've come into some money and you're going, right, let's invest. Let's go to a property auction. Let's go nuts. And yeah, you end up having that problem uh, a little bit later on. And it, it, it's stressful. Buying a house is probably one of the most stressful things that anybody can do or selling um, but yeah. for, a, for a tenant. They, they get referenced, they go, yep, yeah, I'm, I'm going for the property. And six months down the line, the property's performing on its bare minimum. And uh, with regards to its energy efficiency, tent moves out because if they're paying over the odds for the likes of energy, for the energy consumption of the property, landlords then stuck having to find another tenant. And you, you won't necessarily get that long-term tenant that landlords really like. Um, because the rent's expensive, the bills are expensive. They could move to another property that's smaller or newer and actually save money, um, even though they may be paying a little bit more in rent. So it's in the landlord's best interest to have a property that is running as best as they can. And that, that's the same when, it, when you look to buy a property on a buy-to-let, I always had a saying as a letting agent, if you're happy enough to live in it yourself and you would be happy to pay those bills, somebody else will, and you will have a tenant that will, and they'll look after it. But if it's bare minimum, firstly, you're going to be spending a lot of money repairing boilers constantly because, or replacing heaters and so forth and so on. So it's always worth getting the best out of your property that you can. Yeah, I agree with you, mate. I agree with you. Um, okay, so you've obviously done loads of EPCs and loads of assessments. What's the worst one that you've ever seen? And, and I'm good. There's a there's a reason me for me asking this question. So, yeah, what's the worst one you've ever seen? Um, are we talking about standard of rating of property, or are we the, talking the walking worst in them property you've ever seen for energy performance for for your industry, your trade? Um, I've done one um, in the area, uh, local uh, to Pompey, and the the property itself, I walked in straight off, it had electric heaters in this, just panel heaters. Half the property had double glazing. The rest was all single glazed. Um, a lot of the windows were falling apart as well. So the massive draft uh, coming through from the windows double glazing, letting drafts through as well because it hasn't been looked after. Absolutely no insulation in the roof. Um, and to the extension of the property, we're talking about 1900s extension. Again, no, no insulation in the property whatsoever. Property came out scoring a G due to it being insuffic insufficiently heated and insulated. Um, and all those factors combined, you're not going to have somebody that's going to look after the property or to have somebody stay there for very long because they're going to 
plug in their own panel heaters in the bedroom to keep themselves in these chilly winter months. Um, but obviously in the summer, it's, it's lovely because it's nice and airy. Yeah. But yeah, but it, it, when you look at it, it what, three quarters of the year, we use a lot of energy um, because we only get two to three months of a decent summer. The rest of it, we're utilizing a lot of energy and it's literally going through the roof. Um, yeah. And it's not, is it, without insulation, it is that blanket that sits on the house. And if you remove that blanket, it's just going to go straight out. Yeah, and this so, this property took a lot to bring it up to scratch. Replacement of heating, um, and this was an investor that I dealt with from my letting days. And I turned around and said, "Look, you've got to do this. You've got to do that." And and worst of it is that because there was a tenant in situ, the landlord can't just kick that tenant out because right. the Section Twenty One notice or the termination notice now. Um, it says that there's an invalid EPC on it. And so yeah. it, effectively, it's kind of like protected the tenant. But yeah, is it worth it, risking a fine for not having a valid EPC? Absolutely not. Yeah. Not a chance. Especially so, at the um, moment that they're out for these landlords that aren't getting these compliance yeah. done. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's um, it's 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 phenomenal. We're back in two thousand and eight, as as you if you, as you may remember, when EPCs came in for the just for the marketing of properties for letting, nobody read them, nobody cared. Just had to be done. Take the box, sign the tenancy agreement, off you go. That was it. Now the new tenancy agreement, with regards to the likes of the tenancy agreements and legislation with regards to EPCs, you can't even renew your tenancy agreement for a fixed term without having a valid EPC. That's an year above, and within a current date. Um, the way I look at the EPCs now, obviously not in the safety aspects, but I the relevance of it is very much along the sides of the gas safety certificate or the electrical installation safety certificate as well. The legislations itself have been put in place to effectively protect the tenant, make sure that the tenants aren't paying above the odds, you know, because we've had the scrappage of the tent fees and so forth and so on over the past couple of years. And it, landlords may perceive it as, oh, this is more beneficial for my tenant than it is for me. Yes and a no answer is on that page because yes it, it will benefit the tenants and tenants in the future to having a property that's really well looked after and has a decent rating um but when it comes to the likes of landlords thinking it, it, it having the benefit of it you know you're going to get a tenant that's going to be able to afford to live in that property and i think affordability is probably the main concentration with regards to tenants and landlords it's the affordability of having to be able to run that property yeah i got my own philosophy about all of that i think that we're currently gearing towards um a society of more renters and i think that yeah. the government accepts that and is uh, putting all of this stuff in place to ensure that when we have an, a massive increase of renters that they have a secure comfortable and uh, reliable property to live in but you know, talking of the future, a couple more things I'm going to grab from you as well. Yeah, sure. Um, number one, yeah, I want to get your idea on what you think the future holds for this certain piece of legislation. I also yeah. want you to um, 
uh, to give us a bit of an idea of what funding, what support, what grants, what extra bonuses there are available for landlords and property investors. But before yeah. I do that, do you want to just give us a quick overview of you and your company, how people can contact you if they need an EPC? Yeah, uh, well, you can actually find my company on Google. Um, I've registered it, so you type in Essential EPC. Um, alternatively, then people can contact me via my mobile, which is also featured on uh, Google. There is also a Facebook group as well, you know, so people you know, Facebook um, account that runs from that as well. So, like I say, Essential EPC. Um, alternatively, alternatively, contact me via my email, um, which can be found again via Google. Uh, alternatively, you can go onto the government site and you can find a local um, energy assessor to, you know, to your postcode. Alternatively, just type in my name into that search bar and you should be able to find me as well. And it's Russell Weller. Great. Awesome. Thank you very much. Right. So first of all, let's tackle um, the government funding, grants, support, bonuses, whatever it may be. What's your overview of that? Um, well, with regards to government grants, it's not like what it was a few years back um, where the government was just willy-nilly going, right, we'll give you loft insulation, we'll, give, we'll place, replace your boiler, we'll do X, Y, and Z to the property to bring it up to the scratch itself. Um, the grants are more now aimed at the vulnerable or the elderly. Um, so then the more likely ones to get grants as per se. Um, but there is you know, things like FIT, which is in, in another grantish company, um, as, you know, like, as you may perceive it. Um, but all that information is actually featured within the EPC. On, right. Yeah. So on the new gov.uk EPCs, there's loads of drop down boxes where it says what grants are available what, for me. And you literally click on it and will direct you to the relevant departments. Um, because there are several out there you know, that are, are able to help uh, people. Um, in With regards to the properties that score below an E as well, um, there is a drop-down box on that gov.uk site uh, on the, when you look at the property tab. And you can actually register the waiver as well you know, for, for the likes of listed properties especially because works cannot be done. Um, and that will give you uh, a couple of years as a waiver to be able to rectify or re-register the waiver at a later date. Um, but yeah, it, 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 like I say, the grants are more tailored for the likes of social housing, the elderly and the vulnerable. Um, and they generally have their own departments within the local authorities that deal with that. All right. What does the future hold for the EPC? Well, EPCs are definitely here to stay. Um, back in, like I say, 2008, when they came into rentals, I was like, these aren't going to last. And here I am doing the job, um, which is quite ironic in, in most aspects. But um, certainly, I, as, we, as we've seen um, with regards to the likes of this transition from EU to us as a country running our own legislations, because... EPCs were a uh, European directive. Um, it was brought over from mainland Europe. Um, and in all honesty, the UK is actually 10 years behind the rest of Europe with regards to its energy um, you know, consumption levels because 
the likes of light bulbs. Spain, for example, had stopped selling halogens and, and it did um, low energy lighting about five years ago. Right. <laughs> We're still selling and they don't sell a single halogen bulb on the shelves. And if you if they do that, you've charged a pretty penny for it. But in the UK, we're still trans and going for, and through that transformation from halogens to the likes of low energy um, appliances and so forth and so on. Um, I, I, from the way I've read the uh, legislation, it, like I say, it is here to stay. And it, if anything, it might move more towards the sales side of things as well. I wouldn't be surprised if you know, the government introduced a minimum energy efficiency standard for the likes of selling a property. And probably not as high as me, um, but certainly I think it's going to become more of a carte blanche um, because, like I say, the idea is a greener planet, a greener UK. And the easiest and who wants to target are property investors, unfortunately. Um, but I think there's also going to be a change with the longevity of the uh, actual EPCs because at present, EPCs last for 10 years. I wouldn't be surprised if the government reduced it down to five years, A, probably to earn more money through the likes of me doing my job. Um, and B, because there's so many things that get changed in a rental property. As a landlord, you may appreciate somehow tenants like to break things. <laughs> yeah. if brand new boilers fitted. All of a sudden, a new boiler is going to be requiring fitting. Say, say you've got an eight-year-old boiler, packs in, gas engineer turns around and says, no, I can't do anything with it. Your EPC is only three years old. Because that boiler is being replaced, effectively, a new EPC should be done because it's a newer product. It's a, it, you may be replacing it with a completely different style of actual boiler um, that may invalidate your actual certificate um i wouldn't be surprised on rental properties if they bring up um certain age band properties up from that minimum energy efficiency standard of an e up to a d um that that wouldn't surprise me at all uh, in all honesty but again there's only so much you can do to an, a property that was built between late 1800s to the likes of 1950s. Um, properties beyond that, building regs started changing quite significantly. Mm. And that and that's where I think they'll look at how to schedule the likes of uh, what grading that minimum energy efficiency standard may occur. But without my crystal ball, I, I, I can't be absolutely firm. I agree with you. I, do you know what? I do believe, yeah, I agree that the, uh, the in the rental industry, I think that a D rating is going to become the minimum at some yeah. point. Yeah, good point. Bringing it into property sales as well. I mean, there's probably going to be an element of flexibility in terms of investment properties and, and residential properties. Um, yeah. But I certainly agree um, on that sense. But okay, and lastly, let's finish up by... Um, uh, look, if you're a DIY landlord, a self-managing landlord, and mm -hmm. you really want to, um, I don't know, you want to get an, an energy performance assessor to go out and do yeah. a job for you to get your property over the line so you can rent it out and so on and so mm -hmm. on. What sort of, first of all, two questions, what sort of price do you think someone should look for to pay for that assessment? And secondly, um, yeah. what should people watch out for with the assessor themselves? 
Okay, uh, this, this is something I, I actually touch base on quite a lot. Um, they, they, I've been out to s several properties where I've reassessed another assessor's work mm. um, and come out with a completely different score. Um, we, I've gone into properties after other assessors and they've the, the previous uh, <laughs> the previous energy assessor had been in the property for 15 minutes. I can't even get through the app on my database. <laughs> so my, my creditors supplied me with an app on for my iPad and it's literally tick boxes. How people get through that within 15 minutes and then do their measure up as well, it's, it, it blows my mind. Um, if they're spending anything less than 25, 30 minutes at your property, so we'll get, get, go with the likes of a two-bed um, 1900s. If it's anything less than half an hour at the property, they're missing something or they're not doing their job correctly. Um, I, I'm an ex-military policeman as well, and for me, evidence is key, and that's what this job is. As an energy assessor, you're obtaining evidence that's fed into an algorithm to produce the, the, the most accurate results that it can work by. Because it, you know, although we're not able to drill through a hole and see if it, there's cavity insulation, because the likes of a 50, 60 pound bill, um, you, you wouldn't want anybody drilling through your hole, uh, through your wall, just to see, to see that information. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really well, wouldn't well, let me just cut in on that as well wouldn't a landlord just say well it doesn't matter to me i've got the certificate it's passed i don't care yeah um that's if that's where a little bit of honesty and integrity comes comes from it um because the policing of the epcs you're not going to have some random government um person turn up from the ministry of housing go i want to check your uh, check the epcs right on this property and that there is a level of policing, but this is where energy assessors are accredited and we're all subject to random audit. So we don't know what we're going to be uh, audited on. So this is why all of us have to make sure the information that we're providing is accurate. We take photos of what we're looking at and so forth. And so when it comes to that audit, it's not going to have a, well, hold on. You said that was a, 250 mils or 270 mils worth of loft insulation there but your photos you know shows me 100 mils so it's all like i say photographic evidence with written evidence to produce these reports you do get some energy assessors that are in outs and you're thinking how the hell did they do that did they go in the loft i didn't hear the loft hatch open or close mm -hmm. but yeah oh property score to see meanwhile the next in property next door in the both sides have scored d's how does that work and what that's, does that's that property that's interesting yeah. as well because whilst the landlord technically won't be ooh, sorry about that while the that's landlord right. technically won't be um directly impacted if yeah. you get audited on that on that landlord's property and then it comes back that you've made some mistakes that landlord's then got to get that job done and yeah then there's a tenant to uproot and all of those things. Yeah, if 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 the EPC fails its audit and it's say you've managed to score here score that fifty points to get that e e rating and it's literally scraped the barrel and you needed, but when it comes through to it and the audit fails, 
the accreditors will advise the assessor, right, this is what you should have stated, this, and please make these amendments. And then when it comes back it, and it drops in rating and it becomes that F rating, that assessor's got to go back to that landlord and say, mm. um, yeah, the property failed its audit. Uh, mm. Sorry, this is the rating it, 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 it's come out as. Firstly, that sort of like, if, it, if an energy assessor ever goes back to a landlord and says, oh, yeah, I, I messed up here. I would question how well that person actually does their job. You have a lot of energy assessors really undercutting other energy assessors in price. People advertise, oh, you can have your EPC done for £35. Well, I want to know what money that those people are making because yeah, right. we have to pay for each lodgement we physically do. And then you've, when you take in time and travel and so forth, £35 is not going to get you very far in any sense of the matter. Well, you know what? I, I always argue with people on, on this matter because a lot of people that pay for services, they try and screw down the price as much as possible to as minimal as they can get it. I get it. We're negotiating. <laughs> we're bartering, right? But yeah. if you're paying for a service and the person supplying that service is not making any profit, then number one, they're not going to be as motivated to provide you with the best level of service. Number exactly. two, their business is not sustainable. So therefore you as a consumer and them as a supplier do not have a reliable relationship. If they're not making profit, they'll just go bust. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, I agree with you. And I want to actually um, ask you, if you don't mind sort of commenting on it, what sort of yeah, sure. price range do you think is fair for an assessor or for a landlord to pay for an assessment? Um, I, see, the way I structured my fees, um, I start my minimum fee, so one bed or studio, at £50, yeah. um, which I think is reasonable, and then £5 per bedroom after that. Um, because in the end of the day, the assessment won't take anything more than an hour to do. And if it's a massive house or has really obscure extensions and so forth to the property, um, but yeah, like I say, if you're paying in the regions of £50 to £75 for an EPC, that I think is a reasonable fee. Um, and yeah, it's it's something that I like I say, I, I from working in the state agency and and having chatted to other surveyors at the mm. time when I was starting to structure my fees and so forth, because I didn't I'm not the cheapest out there. No. Uh, not at all, but I offer a quality of a service. And you as you were saying, the cheapest. No, no. It, it, as they say, what this, the saying is: buy cheap, buy twice. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, that's a few yeah. landlords over the years have you. done that. Yeah, I'm with you. Well, look, okay, I'm not sure if I'm going to include the whole pricing bit because um, yeah, I don't yeah. want to pigeonhole you, but I thought I'd ask the question just. Yeah, no, no. Um, so it's in there. But well, like I say, it, it, it's. It's something that bugs me as well, uh, because I, I've had other energy assessors come into my agents and go, oh, I will do your EPCs <laughs> for 30 quid. And they're going, yeah, well, we we pay Russ X, you know, yeah. and it's like, well, that's not really how how yeah. it works. It's. It, it, yeah, it, 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 it costs at some point at somewhere down the line. You might make a, a 10 pound or a 20 pound or a 30 pound saving on day one, but at some point that money's got to go somewhere and it's got to be paid somehow. Exactly. So yeah, I'm with you. So 
the advice there is it's like mechanics, isn't it? You go and get an MOT yeah. somewhere and they say it's a free MOT or £10 MOT, but they're a business. They've got to make their money. So yeah, exactly. miraculously, all of these pieces of work need doing. There it is. Yeah. Um, right. Okay, look, I really appreciate that chat. And I think there's a lot of useful information there for landlords that are looking after their own properties, managing themselves, managing their own tenancies, or people that are looking to get into rentals. The key advice, check the EPC, not only for yourself, but for the tenant that's going to be looking for your property. So just uh, repeat, just give us another um, reminder of how people can contact you if they need an energy performance certificate carried out uh, or an assessment carried out, or by the way, if you haven't got a pen and you listen to us in your car, just message me through my Facebook page and I'll connect you up with Russ. But yeah, Russ, what's, uh, what's the best way for people to contact you? Um, you can contact me now via my mobile, uh, which is 07861301884, or you can find me on Google. So type into Google essential EPC um, and hit, you'll be able to find me quite comfortably. Uh, my email's embedded into the Google search or via Facebook as well. Um, I, I tend to try and keep things updated as best as I can, but given the housing market at the moment, it's quite busy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's certainly a, quite easy to get hold of me um, or via your local agent as well, as majority of the agents over in Pompey do know who I am. Uh, so which is quite a nice thing to have I guess <laughs> but uh, yeah it, certainly um, the likes of Pink Street and so forth they, those guys know who I am quite comfortably um, and they'll be able to put you in touch with me. Fantastic right let's wrap that up we're all EPC'd out as I'm sure everyone is too but hopefully it just sheds a bit of light for everybody on what an EPC is how the assessment takes place, what to watch out for, what are the good things, bad things, and how you can use it in your favor. As always, if you've got any questions about EPCs or anything to do with landlording, property investing, property finance, or anything like that, get in touch with me. You can go through my Facebook page, Tom Sone, or I think it's actually at Tom Pink Street. Uh, but you can contact me through that or email me tom at pinkstreet.co.uk or go direct to Russ. As he said, Essential EPC is all online. So I hope that helps. And my name's Tom Sone and this is... I'm Russ. And thank you very much for listening to The Anonymous Landlord. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you for joining me and I hope you enjoyed this podcast. But before you go to the next episode, I really want to hear from you. Just search Tom Sone on any social media or just email me tom at pinkstreet.co.uk. I'd love to know your thoughts on this episode. And if you need any help with your own situation, just get in touch. I'll answer every email and every message I promise. Anyway, see you in the next podcast. And remember, being a landlord is hard. Being an anonymous landlord is easy. Invest, enjoy, repeat and grow.